You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. So, Steve, did Ava Gardner and Howard Hughes have a good relationship? Well, they did until he dislocated her jaw. What? Well, don't worry. She hit him back with an ashtray. From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. The cream of the crop! Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil, and I'm sitting here in an empty studio all the chairs are empty except for the creepy Annabelle doll in the corner staring at me. Uh, but it's a it's sort of a different uh, way of recording here. Um, you know, we appreciate uh, all of your support. Currently, we're actually in a mandatory shelter shelter in place. And uh, you know, while uh, other things in our lives may uh, change or alter for the time being, uh, we want to stay as consistent as possible. So um, the next batch of recordings may sound a little bit different. Uh, I'm here in the studio uh, where all the equipment is, and Ken, Matt, and Jeff are going to be Skyping in from time to time for the next uh, few recordings. So please bear with us if there's any audio issues. Uh, We're doing our best to make sure that the content is coming out um, as timely as it normally does. Uh, So that way when you're walking the dog or uh, need a little bit break from uh, from the kids, uh, then uh, the episodes are still coming. So um, without further ado, though, let me uh, introduce first. uh, Jeff is here over Skype. How's it going, Jeff? Hey, how are you, Neil? It's weird to be looking in at the studio. because, yeah, this is not a place I'm used to being. So, Yeah, and it's it's different for me, too, because this is the first time I, I'm actually allowed to do the episode with no pants on because you can't see mm-hmm. under the table. I mean, I can see. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. You've seen it before, so it's it's just old hat. Uh, Matt? And he also said it's just the first time you've been allowed to, not not the first time it's happened. So. That's true. <laughs> uh, Matt, Matt, how are you? You had a recent uh, oven mishap, right? No, my fridge. My fridge started on fire, which is now an oven, I suppose. Right, so you're making s'mores on top of your burning fridge. Yeah, it's sad. I bought. Look, your I, I bought fridge 100- knew that you're pressed for time, so it's just like I can shortcut this and I'll just start cooking your food for you. Yeah, I never buy groceries. I literally just bought like a hundred dollars worth of groceries, and then my fridge starts on fire. So it's great. Things are going great over here. Good. You're you're the equivalent of that meme with the dog in the uh, in the kitchen, <laughs> it's right? It's fine. Yeah, it's, it's fine. fine. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Thanks, guys, for for joining us. Uh, Ken isn't here today. Uh, Ken actually uh, is doing a uh, internet course, sort of like a master class on uh, woodworking. Uh, he doesn't have any woodworking tools, but uh, he's doing his best to learn that master class, uh, sort of air learning it, so that when he does get tools, he can make some things out of wood. I think so. Um, he's just luck. doing dovetail joints in his mind. So. Yeah. So good luck to him on that. Uh, hopefully, it won't be a twelve monkey situation uh, by the end of it. But 
Um, but yeah, so thanks, Ken, for uh, learning some woodworking. But we have a very special guest today. He's hosting the episode. Uh, he is an intercontinental champion from Kansas City, and that is Eric Walling. How's it going, Eric? Uh, good. How are you guys? Doing well. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, um, so I'm from a little suburb southeast of uh, Kansas City, uh, Lee's Summit. I'm an engineering manager, which is every bit as exciting as it sounds. And two days until lockdown with my uh, my three children, uh, eight, seven, and 16 months. So we are uh, hoarding all of the uh, proteins and not toilet paper amenities that we can. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a little bit about me. Well, yeah, thank you for joining us. Uh, it is going to be a little bit different here for the next uh, several weeks, and uh, we hope that uh, you and, and your wife can stay sane with the kids and you guys can have some fun and, <laughs> and uh, it won't turn into, you know, like a Lord of the Flies situation or anything. Yeah, uh, we bought Mario Party in an effort to uh, <laughs> to try to quell some of the uh, unrest and it has just created more unrest. <laughs> yeah, if I remember anything about Mario Party back when I was younger, um, that game can ruin some friendships if you're not careful, so... <laughs> There's a lot of dad going, no, just, just pick the other dice. Pick the other <laughs> dice. The other di- Never mind. <laughs> well, uh, we're, we're, we're uh, happy to hear that uh, you're still getting your game on. Uh, and you wrote a game for us today. So thank you for doing that. Yeah. Um, and also for being a Patreon supporter. We appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, you guys uh, make the long uh, trips that I have to take from time to time a lot more bearable. Uh, you know, it's great. Uh, time kill to sit and laugh and listen so uh, I was happy to support and will continue to be happy to support well thank you very much um, well uh, without further ado I guess let's uh, let's start to the rules guy let's see uh, how he sounds today I think he's battling a cold but uh, we'll see what it sounds like the rules of the game are simple 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece at halftime there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host after regulation players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions at the end of the game someone will be named the cream of the crop the cream rise to the top. Oh, yeah. We can't say he's battling a cold. Now he's going to be extra quarantined. Oh, that's true. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. He did. It did sound like Darth Vader, though, so he must have a mask yeah. on. It is also weird having him not appear in the studio like he does every other week. So. <laughs> right. He had to Skype in as well. So it's it's yeah. it's very strange. Um, ra- yeah, way raspier than I expected. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. Uh well, uh, let's do a three-for-all today. So it's going to be Jeff versus Matt versus myself. And uh, we're just it's going to be like old times. It's going to be like when we first started. Um, but we're, we have more personality now. And we actually uh, care what comes out of our mouth. So it should be more entertaining. Uh, well, yeah, Eric, take it away. We're ready to play. All right. Well, let's go round one, question one. Uh, it's a TV uh, question. In a season three episode of The Good Place... Jason and Tahani return to Jacksonville in an effort to save the soul of his friend Pillboy and his dad, Donkey Doug. In the beginning of the episode, the Jacksonville non-international airport is revealed to be named in honor of what wrestling superstar? I'm, I'm almost positive that I, when I saw this, I screenshot it and sent it to Neil. Yeah, you yeah. did. You did, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to remember, too. It's between two for me. God, it's really tough now after having done the show for a long time because part of me thinks it's Macho Man, Randy Savage, because it's our, of one of our mascots. Um, but I almost feel like it's uh, Hulk Hogan. and Or is it the Ultimate Warrior? No, I, man, I'm, 
I'm really confused mm-hmm. here. I, you know what? I want to go Macho Man because it's our mascot, but I, for some reason, I think it's Terry Bollea or, or Hulk Hogan. So uh, I don't feel good about it. I'm gonna lock in with Hulk Hogan. Neil, I had the exact same feeling. I was between Hulk Hogan and Macho Man, and I wanted to go Hulk Hogan because of the Florida connection. I felt the pull to Macho Man, but I stayed with Hogan. Mm, and I went with the Macho Man. And Neil, the part of you that thought that felt like uh, the Macho Man was the right answer is correct. It is Macho Man, Randy uh, Savage. Yeah, uh, that's so disappointing because I love that show and I remember that episode and and I just that that one detail did not uh, stick in my head. I just knew it was between two. All right, question two. In a 2019 podcast appearance with Amy Schumer. America's favorite old man party crasher, Bill Murray, intimated that he had applied to what restaurant chain at Atlanta's Hartsfield Airport, calling it, quote, one of the great places and, quote, it looks like the best time. I mean, Bill Murray says a lot of stuff that isn't true. He just kind of says stuff. (laughs) I mean, the guy was the guy was a zombie for a while. Yeah, this Um, could really be anything. Yeah, I'm just going to go on gut. I've got no reason to think I should know this, but Hardee's popped into mind. So I'm going to say Hardee's. I don't know. I just locked in with like, I don't even know if it's called this. I just locked in with the Great American Potato Company for some reason. <laughs> that That is, I think it's, I think that is a place. It's usually in food courts. Uh, I thought it might have been one of those like full scale restaurants they have for some reason in airports. And I was between like Chili's and some of those places. But I said TGI Fridays. And uh, no points here. Uh, the place that looks like a, the best time is uh, P.F. Chang's. Oh, mm-hmm. that's P. right. Chang's. That's right. I just had P.F. Chang's uh, frozen dinner last night. <laughs> Hashtag shelter in place. <laughs> you thought first. I should have. I what's that. the point of eating that at home? Then you can't try and plank the horse. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Question three. While he's likely slightly more famous for his prolific guitar playing, Jimi Hendrix also trained as a paratrooper in the 101st Airborne Division before being booted from the Army a year later. This may have been useful to aid his apparent aptitude in what board game, which Graham Nash said he was unbeatable at while he was on acid. Just the board game guy. I know. I can't think of how a parachute would tie in, but it's going to be something obvious. I'm going to feel like an idiot, but I feel like uh, dropping in, if that's the clue, maybe uh, I went connect four. Oh, yeah. So if he was a paratrooper in a military thing, I'm thinking something with military, a game you're very familiar with, Jeff. I think it's risk. Yeah. um, I also, you know, had no idea. I figured if he was on acid, he's probably talking about what countries to invade and where to put armies and whatnot. So uh, the only game I know that's like that, I've never even played it, is Risk. So that's what I locked in with. And the correct answer is Risk. (laughs) Hey, points on the board. Nice. It's got to hurt Jeff. Jeff is actually, he's simultaneously playing a game of Risk while he's recording this episode on the side with himself. So he's invading Poland right now uh, and trying to defend it at the same time. Uh, I think that's just Eastern Europe. But, oh, see, I don't um, know. I've never played the game, so I, I don't know. All right. Question four. Uh, a famous gaffe on the Stanley Cup involves a row of X's that cover the name of Basil Pocklington, contributor of nothing at all to the Stanley Cup champions that year, but whose son Peter owned what 1983-84 Stanley Cup winning team? A great one. Basil certainly is not. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I know Eric's clue. I get it. And uh-huh. now it, I just have to it's, go into my... It's about The Rock, right? It is about The, the Rock, yeah. The great one. Um, I know the clue. I just I can't remember 
all the teams that the great one was on. Um, okay, I'm going to lock in. Go ahead, Jeff. Um, yeah, the, I know he was on a few teams. The only one that really comes to mind, the one he played for for the longest time, was the Oilers. So I just locked in with the Edmonton Oilers. Yes, um, I, Matt can correct me, but I think he was on the Oilers, the Rangers, and I maybe the LA Kings, I guess. I, I think we're talking about Wayne Gretzky. So I knew when he was young, I think he was on the Oilers. So that's what I also locked in with. Yeah, he played on the Oilers in the 80s, the Kings for a while in the 90s. He played one season in St. Louis, uh, and then he went to New York. Um, but I'm pretty sure this is the Edmonton Oilers. It is the Edmonton Oilers. I just read an article because Tom Brady just signed with the with the, the Bucks. Bucks. So they were saying there was an article on like the weirdest seasons of like a superstar playing in another city. And I had no idea Gretzky was on the Blues until I read through that. And that does seem a little odd. Yeah, he came back when they had the Winter Classic a few years ago and played on the Blues Old Timers team. And he was by far and away the least tenured member of that team. <laughs> yeah, once once he's done a long time. That's like so getting Wayne Gretzky to play on your old person team or whatever for a, a like an exhibition game is like uh, playing basketball on the corner with your friends and then bringing like an NBA star. <laughs> Just give him the ball. Yeah, a little bit. Or the puck, I should say. All right, question 5. Based on the numerous instruction manuals I consulted to write this question, who is the older brother, Mario or Luigi? Oh feels like it doesn't matter which one I pick. It'll be wrong. Yeah, it, it might be 50-50. Quickly in my brain, I go to the Super Mario Brothers movie with uh, John Leguizamo. And uh, I realize in that movie, I believe he's the younger brother. Um, but uh, I just figured, you know what? That movie got a lot of things wrong. So I went the opposite. So I said Luigi's the <laughs> older brother. That's so funny because I had the exact same train of thought, but my thought was Bob Hoskins is older than John Leguizamo, so, <laughs> so I said Mario. Uh, I I know that Luigi is taller, and statistically older siblings are taller, so I said Luigi. Uh, yes, Bob Hoskins is older, and Mario is older as well. All right. Now, did we learn from that movie, isn't it? It's Mario Mario and Luigi Mario, right? That is correct. Okay. Mario, Mario, Luigi, Mario. Ugh. And their their interpretation of Goombas was really something special. Yeah, they got little heads, very big bodies, and and uh, yeah, they looked almost sense. they look like the um, creature version of that. That remember that one like YouTube series when YouTube first started where it was like thumbs that had faces. That's what it kind of looked like. Oh yeah, like annoying orange. Annoying type orange. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, five questions in. I have Matt at 40, Neil at 20, and Jeff at 10. That yeah. is really Matt's game. Yeah. yeah. All right. A little bit of bias in how I wrote this question, but uh, bear with me. Monty Python and the Holy Grail is inarguably the greatest movie of all time, in spite of myriad issues that plagued its release. On day one of filming, the only camera that the production could afford broke, and at the premiere, the con crowd loved the llama subtitles and cheered when the film stopped right after the opening credits not realizing that the gold-hatted frenchmen that entered the theater weren't taunters but were actually responding to what i have no idea what any of this means i've never seen the movies so uh i wrote i wrote I mean, down I've the, seen it yeah i wrote down the one thing i know about those movies so i'm locked in i'm gonna guess maybe there was some kind of accident in the theater i'm gonna say maybe uh maybe there's a fire so they say there's a fire in the theater they were responding to. Yeah, this is um, 
a good question for Ken. He loves this movie. I used to watch this movie all the time in high school with my friends. Uh, and the only thing it makes me think of is uh, the fact that I used to listen to the Adam Sandler comedy CDs. And one of the friends I used to watch this movie with all the time stole that CD and never returned it. So I'm still bitter about that. Um, but uh, knowing Terry Gilliam, uh, his films, like for some reason, they always fail or like something goes wrong or, you know, there's... Uh, extenuating circumstances or whatever so i'm assuming that gold-hatted might mean fireman so i'm saying maybe the um the film burned up and the projector got on fire but a little more simply fire fire i didn't know anything so i just wrote down the one phrase from anything i know and i said that perhaps they were the spanish inquisition uh well no one would have expected that but um it's actually so you were right. It is it, they were firemen. However, they were responding to a bomb threat. Oh, oh wow! Uh, that everyone thought it was part of the bit, like that the Monty Python had done it on purpose, and they <laughs> all thought it was hilarious when the firemen ran in and told everyone to leave, and everyone just laughed. <laughs> That's why, yeah, never, uh, never have a fire during like a comedy show because everyone will think it's part of the bit. That's good advice, Neil. Never have a fire. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, question seven. A metaphysical thought experiment around whether an object that has had all its components replaced remains fundamentally the same object is based around a ship sailed by what Greek demigod and minotaur slayer? I am locked in. Mm, now, that's a good question for Jeff. Uh, are we looking for the name of the ship or the name of the guy? Uh, it's the name of the guy, the, the demigod slash minotaur oh. slayer. Oh great, huh? demigod uh-huh. Homer's. I don't. I think he's just a normal dude. Oh well, that's okay. I liked him with Homer. I think this might be. Maybe it's Jason of the Argonauts. So I said Jason. Um, if I'm not mistaken, this is uh, the ship that belongs to Theseus. So I said Theseus. That's right. It is the ship of Theseus. Wow. Yeah, it's a classical philosophy problem, wondering whether or not if you replace all of the parts of the ship on the voyage, if it's still the same ship and deserves to have the same name as by the time it arrives. I'm always... Like like if I have all my parts replaced, am I still mad? That is correct. Although you probably have, at least at an atomic level. Okay. Yeah, and your your operating system or your your core has always been the same. It's just the outer outer parts. (laughs) That's You're welcome to have your, like, Sartrean existential crisis right now on the show if you'd like, so pass i'll tell you one thing listeners the one thing i need to bone up on is the um isius is yeah does that make sense the isius is the odysseus is the theseus is all that stuff jeff let's go question eight currently owned by global franchise group along with american cookies marble slab creamery and pretzel maker excuse me what mall food court staple began in muscle beach on the santa monica pier in 1946 Selling only lemonade and its titular item. Mm. Oh, I think I'm. I think I'm locked in. I've been into a mall or two in my day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I have a. The lemonade sounds familiar, so I could lock in. Jeffrey. Um. Yeah. When I think of if I heard pretzels, my mind immediately goes to um, Auntie Anne's. So. I, I don't know anything about their lemonade. I don't actually think I've ever had one of their pretzels, but yeah, I seem yeah, to so remember them being a staple of food courts, so that's what I locked in with. Yeah. Um, yeah, these pretzels are making me thirsty. Uh, I do remember <laughs> being at the mall and, and uh, you know, not being an adult. It's like, oh, uh, we're going to go get a lemonade from Auntie Anne's. So that's what I locked in with. 
You could get a nice 1,200 calorie pretzel and lemonade at uh, Annie Ann's. That's what I put to. Uh, no points here. It's actually hot dog on a stick. Oh. oh. Hot dog on a stick. I think they're all replaced by Sparrows, maybe. <laughs> uh, New York Slice? Yeah, <laughs> it's a classic New York Slice. All right, uh, question nine. Uh, 50-50 question here. According to CelebrityNetWorth.com, the website future billionaires read every day, which disgraced Saved by the Bell star has the higher net worth? Dustin Diamond or Lark Voorhees? Oh, net, net worth is interesting because I know that Dustin Diamond has definitely made more money in his career, but, but the question what is does how, he have left? Right, how much has he lost <laughs> from criminal uh, fees and, and lawyer fees? Yeah, I'm guessing maybe even though she uh, she maybe earned less money, or at least publicly, I'm going to guess maybe uh, she was either better at holding on to it, or maybe she had some private wealth, and I went Lark Voorhees. Yeah, um, recently they, they have a Saved by the Bell reboot going on, and uh, Lark was the, the only one who was not invited, and I felt bad for her because she was a, an integral part of the original show. Uh, and I'm just going to say, um, yeah, maybe like Jeff said, maybe she held on to her money a little bit better, and um, I went with Lark. I think she had a lot of personal issues, and that's kind of why she wasn't invited to a lot of those things. Um, but... I don't know. I just feel like this guy has been on celebrity boxing and all sorts of other nonsense. So I figure he's got to have some money. So I said Dustin Diamond. Uh, it is Lark Voorhees. Uh, and it is not even close. <laughs> <laughs> How a, not even close? By a factor of 10. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> what is uh, she worth? She's, well, that's the sad part. Uh, they have her listed as a worth $500,000. Okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> So that means Dustin Diamond, $50,000. Yeah, they have his celebrity net worth at $50,000. No, that's that's rough. Yeah, that is Trolling rough. CelebrityNetWorth.com. I, Does he work now, at Hot Dog on a Stick, or what's going on? He might have to. He's not, he still hasn't uh, made himself available on Cameo uh, for some reason. Oh, that would, he would be a great Feels like a missed guy. opportunity. Yeah. He could double his money in a year. <laughs> All right, uh, last question of round one here. Um, one of Fortune Magazine's 100 Most Influential Designers of the 20th Century. Tinker Hatfield is a prolific designer of what? Yeah, I didn't know what direction to take this. Um, I know there's some very famous... I wasn't going to guess an architect, but I was thinking maybe it was somebody in that field or aligned with that field. The fact that Matt knows it throws me off. I think I'm definitely wrong. But uh, I went chairs. Mm. So uh. something that I have in common with this man is that um, we both worked for Michael Jordan. Uh, this guy, I believe, designed the, the Jordans 2 through 16 to 20. Mm. I don't know. He designed a bunch of them, but it's wow. Air Jordans. Oh, uh, I don't think I'm specific enough, but I just wrote sneakers because uh, I do remember he designed a special pair of sneakers with Justin Timberlake. Oh, you can give him sneakers. I'll, I think that's fair. Yeah, so I had sneakers. Sneakers was the answer. Uh, he has done, of course, the Jordan 3 through, I think, 15, mm. and then uh, some of the later ones as well. He also is the designer behind the Air Max, uh, like Air Max 1, yeah. uh, Air Max 0. So he is, yeah, sneakers is will work. I'm, I'll give credit there. Awesome. Well, uh, we are going to, yeah, let's tabulate these scores and see what we have going into the swing round. Yeah, so uh, I have uh, Matt at 50 uh, neil Ooh. at 40 and jeff at 30 thanks for the score recap eric um for all of you who are on instagram we actually uh just joined instagram not too long ago 
Uh, Matt and I have been uh, populating it with uh, some images, and uh, it's been fun to interact with all of you there. But if you'd like to follow us and uh, see what we're doing over there, we're going to start adding more. Uh, we are at Triviality Pod, just like our Facebook and our Twitter. So feel free to uh, join us on Instagram and see what uh, we're up to, right, Matt? That's correct. I'm taking a picture of my Skype feed right now to let everyone know that you're announcing our Instagram. Awesome. And I'll put that right on there. Sweet. Uh, well, yeah, so at Triviality Pod. So, uh, Eric, what do we have in store for the swing round today? Uh, yeah, so I am uh, recognized or university recognized on our team as the music guy. So it is going to be a music-based midpoint. Okay. Um, specifically, soundtracks. So uh, songs off of movie soundtracks. I'm going to give you the song, the artist, and the year. And I want you to give me the movie. All right. All right, so... Number one, Ghetto Superstar by Praz and Maya from 1998. Number two, Gangster's Paradise, Coolio, 1995. Number three, Meet Me Halfway, Kenny Loggins, 1987. It wouldn't be a soundtrack uh, set of questions without a Kenny Loggins. Crazy for You, Madonna, 1985. See You Again. Wiz Khalifa and Charlie Puth, 2015. <laughs> Stay, parentheses, I Missed You. Lisa Loeb and the Nine Stories, 1994. Blaze of Glory, Bon Jovi, 1990. Nothing's Gonna Stop Us, Starship, 1987. Eye of the Tiger, Survivor, 1982. And finally, All for One, Brian Adams, Rod Stewart and Sting, 1996. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more— we answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The Nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All the answers are locked in, so let's see how well we know uh, movie soundtrack songs. Eric, take it away. All right, question one, or song one, uh, Ghetto Superstar by Praz and Maya, 1998. Yep, uh, I guess I'll start here first. Um, originally, for some reason, I was saying it was uh, Bowfinger because I had just watched Bowfinger, but mm. I remember 
I used to love watching this music video, and uh, it was for the Warren Beatty movie, Bullworth. So that's what I locked in with. I think ODB's on the song, too. Yeah. Uh, but I locked in also with Bullworth. I'm not familiar with that at all, so I've got nothing. And yes, it is the Warren Beatty movie, Bullworth. I think it's more known for the song than the... I don't know anyone who's actually seen the movie. I've never <laughs> seen the movie, but you're right. The music video was... Yeah. It was like, oh, it's... Very strange. <laughs> uh, number two, Gangsta's Paradise, Coolio. Uh, one that I knew, and the Weird Al parody well, but uh, this is Dangerous Minds. Yep, uh, I locked in with um, uh, how my high school teacher was, um, basically Michelle <laughs> Pfeiffer, uh, who knew Kung Fu or Karate, so we said, <laughs> I said uh, Dangerous Minds. Yep, and Dangerous Minds for the sweep. Points all around, Dangerous Minds. Number three, Meet Me Halfway, Kenny Loggins, 1987. Yeah, I didn't know this, uh, so I think this is an 87 movie, but it might have been later, so I just said Top Gun. Yeah, Highway to the Danger Zone, wasn't that the big one? It was, yeah, I'm definitely wrong. Continue. Well, and I'm I'm also definitely wrong, but I know Kenny Loggins uh, did Footloose, so I went for Footloose. Both Kenny Loggins movies, uh, this one I used to watch all the time on VHS. I just watched it a couple weeks ago. Uh, when you have a baseball cap on, you turn it backwards. It's like a switch when you want to arm wrestle, and that oh. would be over the top. Uh, it is over the top. I thought their their song was by uh, some hair metal band in that movie. No, yeah, there's definitely a very corny Kenny Loggins, or it's Meet Me Halfway, but it's... Meet Me Halfway is maybe the corniest. Yeah, it has to be, <laughs> especially when there's the montage of like him and his son driving, Lincoln Hawk, and... Yeah. Oh, okay. Number four, Crazy for You, Madonna, 1985. Um, this is one that I should know because it came up at Geek Bowl, but uh, usually if there's a question that I should know and it's about movies, I just decide that Neil will remember it for me, and that doesn't work when you're playing by yourself, so I don't know the correct answer to this question. <laughs> I put my favorite 85 movie, uh, Ghostbusters. Yeah, I, I won't forget this one now at Geek Bowl. Our team uh, almost got this question right uh, and uh, kind of stuck with me because when you get something wrong, it stays. Uh, and I went with Vision Quest. That is correct. It's Vision Quest. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the that. question was that it was renamed Crazy for You. In, yeah. Something, renamed what? Yeah. It was something like that. Yeah, we couldn't. We could not think of the answer. And when, when you hear Vision Quest, I think I said it when we were deliberating, it sounds like a, a 90s laser tag place. So that's why I'll never mm-hmm. forget it. Or like a Kevin Sorbo show from the 90s. Ooh, that's even better. I like that. Or, yeah, I, actually, I like that. I like Kevin Sorbo. Really? Okay. No, just for this answer. For this, for this answer. <laughs> not in general. Big Kevin Sorbo fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, number five. See you again, Wiz Khalifa and Charlie Puth, 2015. Mm. So I can. Did we ever see figure the... out which one this was, Matt? Yeah, so I could see the video. It's it's Paul Walker. He's he's dying, right, or dead, or something. Um, so I couldn't remember if this was the Fast and the Furious uh, or Fast Five, and I locked in with Fast Five, and I think I'm going to be mad. Yeah, I think this is later, Matt. I think this is Fast Seven. Yeah, Matt, uh, Fast and the Furious, uh, cleanly, is four. Fast Five, obviously, is five. That's my favorite one. That's the best one. Um, if you need help remembering which one this is, James Wan, noted horror director, directed Fast Seven, and Paul Walker died during production, and so mm. they had a lot of headache, and then they ended up having this song at the end uh, with the drive-off scene with the uh, CGI face of Paul Walker. So I went with Fast Seven. 
Yes, uh, seven fast, seven furious is correct. <laughs> All right, uh, number six, uh, stay. I missed you, Lisa Loeb, and the Nine Stories, nineteen ninety four. Did you get this one, Neil? No, I couldn't. I know after we said what the song was, and I was hearing it in my head. I could see the music video. Um, I had no idea, and I think this movie is actually way earlier than I'm saying. But I'm just gonna say singles because I know it's about relationships. So that's what I put. I feel like this song's been used ironically in movie trailers since then, um, like as a joke song. But I couldn't think of anything, and I was just thinking of 1994 movies and said Dumb and Dumber. So I've never seen this movie, but I think I had a VHS where there was a trailer for it on there, and I can't tell you which one. But I'm pretty sure this is Reality Bites. Yes, Jeff, you do remember your trailers correctly. It is Reality Bites. See, that's so apparently. Sorry, go ahead, Eric. Oh, no, I was going to say, apparently, uh, Lisa Loeb lived across the street from Ethan Hawke. And so they were looking for songs. <laughs> and and so he brought the song with him, and it played over the end credits. And that's where her one hit wonderdom came from. That's great. That's The 90s were so great for movies like that. Uh, I always mix up reality bites, singles, and. Um, there's like another one too. I can't remember, but there's there's like that crop of movies that when I used to work at Blockbuster, they all looked the same, and I couldn't remember how to differentiate them. All right, number seven, Blaze of Glory, by Bon Jovi in 1990. Yeah, I couldn't pull this one. Um, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head, just something random to say, but I don't uh, I don't know it. So I'm gonna go with the John Bon Jovi uh, soundtrack classic, Dances with Wolves. sounds good um it sounds like it'd probably be it means bon jovi so it's probably high energy probably for like an action movie i would think um or a sports movie but i think uh, i'm not sure but i said cliffhanger i kind of like that as an answer um i also know it's wrong but um i'm assuming because it won the academy award that year neil and i picked it for the same reason but i went dances with wolves despite the fact that there's no way there's a bon jovi (laughs) song in that uh, I, you're, I guess you're kind of close there. Uh, it's Young Guns 2. Emilio. Emilio! Right? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So what happened in Young Guns 2? Because I, I I'm not familiar with the, the franchise. Well, the so. first one, it's a bunch of young cowboys, obviously just uh, Billy the Kid and whatnot, and they're fighting. And then the mm-hmm. second one, they're still young and they're still fighting. I thought that was when they found <laughs> out the secret of the ooze. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, Vanilla Ice comes it's back. into where the... they get Curly's gold. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they come back and uh, Jack Palance comes and he goes, you are my number one guy. That's a Batman reference. Sorry. Thank you. All right. Number eight. Uh, Nothing's going to stop us by Starship 1987. Um, Starship had some pretty out there songs. Um, I don't know. I thought this might have been written from the uh, the view of the Predators. And I said Predator. <laughs> 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 I think that's really funny because I immediately was like, I'm going to say Predator. I have no idea. <laughs> Obviously, it's just a joke, but. <laughs> it is a joke. Is that right? I said Predator. Uh, yeah, this one, it took me for a second to think about it, but uh, I love romantic comedies. And uh, as everyone knows, um, and if uh, b- before she was on Sex and the City, Kim Cattrall was in a romantic comedy with Andrew McCarthy, and I put Mannequin. Sorry. Yes, uh, it is not the rallying cry for the Predators. It is Mannequin. Wow. 
It could work for either, though. They should really consider that. They should do a swap where it's mannequin, but instead of Kim Cattrall as a mannequin who comes to life, it's a predator mannequin. All right, number nine. Uh, may trip some people up, but Eye of the Tiger, Survivor, 1982. Yeah, we had a lot of discussion over the, the little trick there is that everyone might think that this is Rocky, but Eye of the Tiger didn't actually show up until he was fighting Mr. T in Rocky Three. Yep, uh, I had the same thing. Uh, this is like a sort of uh, the equivalent of one of my other favorite trivia questions, which is who's the killer in Friday the Thirteenth? Everyone says Jason, but it's Pamela Voorhees, his mom, and so this one is Rocky Three. Yep, one that I know because we bring it up all the time. I said Rocky Three. <laughs> yes, it is Rocky Three. Um, they actually wanted to use another one, Bites the Dust, but Freddie Mercury wouldn't give them the rights to the music, and then they went to Survivor. And they wrote the uh, guitar beats to the, uh, or the guitar hits to Rocky's punches. So I thought oh. that was <laughs> Now, uh, uh, Matt, you'd be able to talk about this at length. Uh, Jim Peterick from Survivor, always in Berwyn playing around on his guitar. Yeah, he went to, he went to Morton, so same high school as me. And uh, he shows up at all the local festivals. So yep. we see him a lot. So that's yep. how I know this. And he, he was... Uh, he, won't, he won't stop talking about he's it. He's like a low-key famous person right, like, right. Just, he does like all the local stuff he does yeah. like, you know he was OB at day like, fest. he was at our high school's career day uh in the science <laughs> mr Mani's science room and he was wearing all um snake leather he had a jacket and snake leather pants so oh yeah i mean he still dyes his hair like crazy colors and even though he's like in his 70s it's great yeah, good for him cool guy yeah <laughs> all right so number 10 um all for one Brian Adams, Rod Stewart, and Sting, 1996. Uh, I'll start here, I guess. Um, I'm almost positive if this is the song I'm thinking of. This was the first song I ever had a slow dance to. I'll, I will uh, have the uh, the other dancer remain nameless, uh, but I've talked about it before. She was much, much taller than me. I had not had my growth spurt yet, but I remember this song came on. Uh, I heard Sting's Still voice. Haven't. And uh, the song, I actually ended up dancing for three hours because uh, Sting was on the track, but... Um, I went with Three Musketeers. <laughs> I forgot about that. As yeah, a movie. I had no idea. Um, just thinking, you know, something a little slow possibly would be great for the movie Twister. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I went with a movie that was clearly a couple years later and had a very famous different song as its uh, lead. I said uh, Armageddon. I thought hopefully maybe this was during the montage scene. I uh, know the three artists representing the three musketeers. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, if you remember, I'm pretty sure it was all for one and one yep. for all. Yeah. <laughs> Just like that. Just like that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so after the midpoint, uh, I have um, Matt at 65, uh, Jeff at 50, and Neil had a pretty good round. Uh, he's up to 80. Yeah, Neil always crushes swing rounds because everyone always makes them movie or some actor related, and then he—that's kind of like his time to shine. Yeah, and then I fall dra- dramatically. So, uh, well, yeah, let's uh, let's go into round two, Eric. What do you got for us? All right, uh, round two, question one. In a well-known Norse myth, Thor, Loki, and their servant Thialfi are made to perform a number of deeds for a giant Utgarda. Loki loses an eating contest to a giant that's later revealed to be fire. Thialfi loses a foot race to an old woman that's later revealed to be thought. And Thor loses a drinking contest, but the giant reveals that Thor's horn was attached to the ocean. Thor suffers one last embarrassment when he fails to lift Utgarda's cat, 
which is later revealed to have been what child of Loki? And uh, I'll give two bonus points if you can name the other two children of Loki with the uh, giant uh, Unger Boda. If it's not if it's not in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I don't know it. So I have nothing. It sounds to me Loki is sort of the Warren Beatty of Norse mythology without contraception. Um, hmm. He's a trickster. He's a trickster. Yeah, he's a trickster. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm gonna lock in because I have no idea. I know Loki gives birth to something. I think you're uh, thinking of uh, Junior starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I'm thinking of. I think there was like a wolf Fenrir or something like that, but I don't, that's the only one I can think of. Yeah, I'll go. Um, the wolf sounds familiar. I think we talked about a wolf and Loki at some point, um, but I have no idea. I'm just naming two characters I think that are in Norse, Norse mythology. I put Enchantress, which I think is a comic book character, and uh, Death. I don't know. Oh, and I don't have an answer, so we're good. All right, so um, Jeff, you'll get a bonus point here uh, because you did name one of the three children. Uh, the actual answer is the world serpent. So he goes to, or I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. He goes to pick up the cat. He can't pick up this small cat. And then they find out later that it was actually the serpent that circles the entire world. Um, the Uh. other two, the other two kids, uh, children of Loki from this giant are, uh, hell and Fenrir, uh, Mm. Fenrir, the wolf that brings on, uh, Ragnarok. And, um, and then well, and the, Loki's uh, gives birth to Slepinir as Slepinir's yeah. mother. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because oh, he becomes Mar- a mayor. Norse mythology is weird. It's real <laughs> weird. Okay. Um, so I have to give a nod here to uh, what I consider my trivia inspiration. A good friend of mine, um, Matt Iman, who used to host uh, a Tuesday night trivia game. Um, and so I'm going to take a little page from his book. And this is called uh, Dramatic Interpretations by Matt Iman by Eric Walling. Um, so I'm going to read a monologue from a, uh, a movie, and I just want you guys to give me the name of the movie. Here we go. So like right now, for example, the Haitians need to come to America. But some people are all, what about the strain on our resources? Well, it's like when I had this garden party for my father's birthday, right? I put RSVP because it was a sit-down dinner. But some people came, like, that did not RSVP, and I was, like, totally bugging. I had to haul ass to the kitchen, redistribute the food, and squish in extra place settings. But by the end of the day, it was, like, the more the merrier. And so if the government could just get to the kitchen, rearrange some things, we could certainly party with the Haitians. And in conclusion, may I please remind you that it does not say RSVP on the Statue of Liberty. Um, I So... My movie knowledge is is very rough when it comes to quotes. Um, I'm not mm-hmm. great at remembering them, so I I have like a I have an idea. Um, so I'm gonna lock in. Yeah, I've got a guess. I think it's super wrong, but I've got a yeah. guess. Yeah, and I'm just gonna lock in with Bill and Ted, but I don't think that's right. <laughs> I mean, I said clueless. Mm. Yeah, it does sound very clueless. Like, uh, so I was between um, election and Dick. And um, election Reese Witherspoon though really really knows her stuff, and I can't see yeah, her saying was, like. I was to say it sounds like Reese Witherspoon to me, but yeah, and I and um in in that movie or uh, her character wouldn't say like that much because she's uh, very straight laced. So I actually went with Dick uh, with Nixon. Uh, points to Jeff here. Uh, it is clueless. Oh man! Oh, wow. I thought it'd be. T- I thought it was too easy to be clueless. I thought it was a, a darn it. All right. Um. Question three in round two. Uh, Beer Tawel 
is an 800 square mile uninhabited area in North Africa, Northern Africa, excuse me, lying along the border of two countries, yet it's claimed by neither. It is the largest terra nullius, or nobody's land, outside of Antarctica. Name either of the bordering, bordering countries that surround Beer Table. Okay. Hmm. Uh, I'm locked in because I geography did, did is... You, can you name a Northern African country? Oh, I'm naming countries that are not in nor- Northern Africa. Um... <laughs> so I thought I'd help you out there. Yeah. <laughs> you, only need to, you, only, you only have to name one of them. I don't think this is between like Sudan and South Sudan. So I went the other way and I guessed Sudan and Egypt because that was the only thing that made sense to me. Uh, I wasn't sure. I had an answer that uh, was hanging on the tip of my brain, and I put Chad. Mm. Um, I went a little further north, and I said Libya. Uh, yeah, again, points to Jeff here. Uh, bon- uh, you know, A-plus effort, because either one would have been fine, and you got both of them. It is Egypt and Sudan. Hmm. All right, uh, question four. What is the name of Nintendo's ill-fated tabletop, portable, stereoscopic, 3D console slash head-mounted display? It launched with such vaunted titles as Galactic Pinball, Tolero Boxer, and Mario's Tennis, but only released 19 more games in the United States after that. Mm, Question's got you seeing red. Uh, I'm locking in. Uh, I'm... I'm just going to tap because I, I kind of picture it, but I, I will never pull this name. So I'm just going to lock in with uh, Jaguar. I never would have been able to play this either. Cause... <laughs> of course you went Jaguar. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. I know exactly what it looks like. I know, when, I know what Matt means when he said he's seeing red because I've seen shots of the graphics, but I don't remember what this was called. I I. Game Gear is going to be my guess, but that's something else. I think it's wrong. So Yeah, the Game Gear was uh, Sega's handheld. Uh, this was the Virtual Boy. Yes, it is the Virtual Boy. and That's it, right. Man, it is a headache. And my friend had one, and mm-hmm. I thought he was the coolest person in the neighborhood for about a week until I played it, and then I didn't go over to his house for quite some time. It What's funny is... It was supposed to be a successor to the Game Boy, and they said it was portable, but you had to put it down on a little stand and stare into it. So, like, where are you going with that? All right. Uh, question five. In James Joyce's Feel Good, Easy Read, Finnegan's Wake, there are ten words consisting of 100 letters or more that describe what meteorological phenomenon? Meteorological. I'm just going to say um, it deals with clouds. That's my answer. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember, there's something that happens on the same day as Finnegan's Wake, and it's, I think it's referenced in the book, but I can't remember what it is. Um, I thought maybe if it had some relation to being a particular day, I guess maybe it was like Haley's Comet or something, so I guessed Comet. I also guessed Comet. Uh, it's actually Thunder. Mm. So there's ten words that, that are over 100 characters long. Um, Finnegan's Wake is a, is ridiculous. A hot mess to read you gotta have books that tell you how to read it you're supposed to be able to read it backwards and forwards it's uh, i have a friend who loves james joyce and and uh, this is this question is sort of a hat tip to him because we make fun of him for being in love with finnegan's wake all the time so there's just so much reading that by the time you actually finish the book you're actually at your own wake yeah. <laughs> that and ulysses are commonly known as like two of the hardest reads in the english language no thanks all right, um, sportsy question here. 
the uh, original rules of basketball are actually housed at the University of Kansas uh, here in Lawrence, Kansas, not too far, about 45 minutes from here. Within one, how many rules are in Naismith's original rules of basketball? I guess there's only five rules. Yeah, uh, I wasn't sure. I thought maybe there was 10, so I put nine. Ooh, you guys were getting closer. I think it's it's either 12 or 13, and I'm going to say 13. Matt, right on the nose, it is 13 original rules of basketball. That's crazy. And one uh, dribbling is not one of them. Uh, <laughs> there's uh, one of well, them. Is... We have a good return to form in the NBA right now. Yeah, ah, yeah. boo. Don't be that guy. <laughs> there's uh, Just traveling. If a team commits three fouls in a row, the other team gets a point. Um, it's yeah, it's a little archaic, but it's pretty funny. Goaltending yeah. was not the rule. You can't you can't punch the basketball. I believe is one of the rules. Right. I remember with a closed yeah. fist. <laughs> Shorts have to be twelve inches from the kneecap, <laughs> at least. Yeah. All right. Uh, what are we on? It's question seven. Um, John Blackjack Pershing was the only general in U.S. history to hold the highest rank of general of the armies while still on active duty. Washington was given this honor posthumously. With what war is Pershing most commonly associated? Well, I don't know. Um, I don't think, I think it might have been, I think probably before Civil War. I don't know. I said the War of 1812, so I don't know. Yep, I was between the War of 1812, um, and I, I can never remember the actual title of this war, uh, where they had the battle at the Alamo. I, if it's the Mexican-American War, that could be way I off. so. Is that yeah. right? Okay, that's what I put. Um, I'm pretty sure he was in World War One. I. I can't remember what he did, but I remember him being in World War I. Uh, yeah, Jeff, you're right. He is, it is World War One. He was the wow. uh, commander of the expeditionary forces on the Western Front in World War One. This is uh, one of my more favorite sports stories of the last decade or so. So um, there are diva athletes, and then there are English Premier League diva athletes. Um, one of the more over-the-top instances of divaism came in 2014 when Manchester City's Yaya Toure reportedly strongly considered leaving his club because they forgot to do what? There's, I, I really need to get more into the uh, Premier League because there's just so much drama. Yes, the FA Cup is full of it. Yeah, what would okay? So he, he didn't want his M and M's separated, probably. <laughs> he probably forgot to punch Wayne Rooney in the face. Yeah, mm. this is um, I think one of the first years Man City was good again. This is right around that time when they went they went from being like one of the worst teams to one of the best teams because yeah. they spent lots of money. Manchester's is, pretty spoiled for football teams right now. So yeah, uh, I'm gonna lock in. Um, yeah, I, I don't know the story. I'd never heard it. Um, but I think maybe he'd be upset if they forgot to, uh, do his laundry. So that's what I said. I was clean in his uniform, whatever. I was in a similar boat. Um, I said that they didn't warm his towel, his bath towel when he went to take a shower. Hmm. I originally wanted to go the M&M craft services angle, but, uh, I decided that, uh, maybe he got uh, pissed because they made him do appearances he didn't want to do. Uh, no, uh, craft services was kind of close. They actually forgot or didn't properly celebrate his birthday. They did not make him a birthday cake. Uh, <laughs> what <yeah>. a baby. <laughs> I think uh, Ken did that last year when we forgot his birthday, so I understand. Yeah, he's well, he to leave and moved episodes, to yeah. Trivial Warfare. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to put in his transfer request. All right, that was number eight. Uh, number nine. 
who was the most recent president that does not have a college degree? Okay, so I have I have a guess, and I think it's inside baseball. So I'm going to take a swing at it. Okay, uh, I'm locked in. So go ahead. Okay, so I was going all the way back, and I know uh, our current president has a degree. Obama obviously has a degree in law. Clinton, both Bushes, and I went all the way back, and I know I was getting all the way through, like, Kennedy had a degree, Eisenhower was in the Army, but he did get a degree for that, and then before that was Truman, and I kind of remember maybe hearing something about Truman. Now, the reason I like this guess is I know something about him, which is he's from Missouri, and so is our host. So I took a stab at Harry Truman. Oh, that's a good guess. Um, I didn't know, so my go-to answer for presidents when I don't know one is Grover Cleveland. So I said Grover Cleveland. Yeah, the uh, Truman Angle sounds really familiar. Maybe we heard this before, but I didn't know if Eisenhower had a degree. I just assumed maybe he was uh, um, chosen uh, due to his military background. So I went Eisenhower. Yeah, Jeff, uh, some insider pool there, I guess. But uh, yes, it is Harry Truman. Mm. His, uh, his presidential library is in the same town that the Oregon Trail game starts in. It's, uh, Independence, Independence, Missouri. Missouri. Yep. I knew that. Hmm. And I've had dysentery, so it's uh, trivia <laughs> all around. No. <laughs> well, that's tough with the, no toilet paper anywhere. Hey, if you don't have toilet paper, you just got to get the three shells like Don Militian Man. All right, number 10. Um, the 2010 animated film Tangled is centered around Rapunzel, escaping her aging captor, Mother Gothel, to see lanterns of a nearby village up close and personal for the first time. What was the name of the village that Mother Gothel attempts to keep Rapunzel from? And as a small hint, uh, it's relevant. Neil, do you know this one? I don't know this one. Um, This is one of my favorite Disney movies. Colleen and I have seen it a million times. We love it. We show our niece. Uh, so I'm going to lock in with uh, a tap, meaning that I'm going to go zero for 10 in this round. But Colleen's right here. I'm just curious if she knows it. Um, yeah. I felt like this was going to be one that you had would have had to seen a million times with your niece. Because I know when she wants to watch a movie, you guys just have to watch it over and over. You don't know? Okay. So Colleen doesn't know either. So this is a tough one. So I'm going to tap. So I'm over 10. I think it might be the first time that's ever happened. But I mean... Eric said it's currently relevant, and I know I made a COVID joke, and it wouldn't be called COVID, but maybe it's called Corona. Oh, Jeff, backing into it. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Corona. That's so ridiculous. Corona. <laughs> it is called Corona. That's yeah, insane. Corona is the name of the of the uh, village. Uh, great, great question. I should have known that. Holy crap. Uh, yeah, so uh, Neil... Uh, still at 80 matt at 95 and jeff at i have you at 101 because i gave you a bonus point for ben rear that was a good round Mm. for jeff it was a really good round uh so with those scores we're gonna coming up millhouse we're we're gonna go to the final round here where uh obviously we can wager uh and whatnot uh but before we get there just a really quick thank you to all of our patrons uh including eric uh for helping support the show um, you know, due to kind of what's going on right now, uh, it, we wouldn't be able to continue the show and, and keep the consistency without all of your support um, uh, at Patreon. So uh, make sure to join us at patreon.com slash triviality podcast. Uh, we really appreciate it because it's, uh, it's helping us uh, continue to record and um, keep the show uh, going strong. So thank you very much for that. And thank you to you, Eric. 
Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you guys for having me on. Um, I've been excited about this uh, since you reached out, and this is uh, – I did not intend on uh, shutting you out in the second half. I, I, <laughs> I do uh, apologize for that. It's not oh, the first time. Don't it's be fine. sorry. I'm shut out in most of life, so I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a shut in who was shut out. There you go. Uh, so what are our final categories, Eric? Uh, yeah, so uh, f- uh, five, uh, for the finale, I have uh, five categories around my five favorite uh, trivia podcasts. So, um, category one, something, something, birds. Category two, misinformation. Category three, trivial warfare. Category four, complete the list. And category five, triviality. Mm. All right. All the wagers are locked in. Let's hear those questions, Eric. All right. Question one. Something, something, birds. The Bassian thrush, or olive-tailed thrush, is an insectivorous thrush found predominantly in Australia and Tasmania. By what bodily function method does the thrush disturb leaf piles and provoke worms to move, helping him or them reveal the location of their tasty prey? Uh, Question two. Misinformation. In the extremely odd yet grammatically correct sentence that first appeared in Beyond Language, Adventures in Word and Thought, the word buffalo is used in noun, verb, and proper noun form, and only buffalo. So it's a sentence of just consisting of the word buffalo. Um, how many instances of the word buffalo make up this sentence? And I'll give it to you at plus or minus one. Number three, trivial warfare. The War of the Stray Dog was one of the most bizarre conflicts of the 20th century. It began in 1925 when a Greek soldier was shot while attempting to retrieve his dog, but inadvertently crossed into what country whom Greece had been at odds with since the end of the Second Balkan War? Uh, Number four, complete the list. Complete the list of the top five selling video games by volume of all time. Now, I pulled this from Wikipedia last night, uh, so as of March 21st, 2020. Um, this is by units uh, sold. Uh, Tetris, blank, Grand Theft Auto V, Wii Sports, Player Unknown's Battleground, and number five, triviality. In number theory, it's often important to find factors of an integer number, that integer number n. Any number has four obvious factors: uh, positive and negative one, and positive and negative n. What term is used to refer to these two obvious factors? Okay, we are going to take a moment with uh, the questions and we'll be right back. I'm Jane Perlez, longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for the New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places, Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off, an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face Off launches April 9th. 
Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the Chart Topping Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia every single week. Movies, music, even science and Disney. We've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages, teens, toddlers, adults, it doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. All the answers are locked in. So let's hear those questions one more time and give our answers and wagers. Uh, question one: Something, something, birds. The Bassian thrush is an exact. Excuse me. The Bassian thrush is an insectivorous thrush found predominantly in Australia and Tasmania. By what bodily function method does the thrush disturb leaf piles and provoke worms to move, helping them reveal the location of their tasty prey? I'll start here. Um, just for the record, uh, since I tanked the second round, uh, I went zero all the way down. So Ooh, I did not bet any. Bet zero. That's right. So I did not bet anything. What's so your, what's your current score? Eighty. Mm, uh, yeah, proved to be yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, for something something birds, um, I didn't know. So I just said regurgitation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, I've been. Uh, they just added Beyond the Mat. Uh, wrestling documentary to uh, Netflix and there was this one person who had the the special ability that Vince McMahon decided was going to change his name to it because he was able to puke on command uh, so I said puke <laughs> that's not bad uh, I wagered 10 all the way down on these and uh, I thought it'd be really funny if it cleared the leaf files by farting so that's what I went with points to Jeff here he, uh, he made uh. farts, farts to clear the uh, leaf files <laughs> Oh, it's funny that that bird uh, farts to clear leaf piles, and Jeff farts to clear the studio. Oh, <laughs> very effective! It's effective. Yeah. And Matt, how many? What'd you wager there? Uh, so I wagered fifteen all the way down. So this could be bad for me. All right, number two, uh, misinformation. Uh, in the extremely odd yet grammatically correct sentence that first appeared in Beyond Language: Adventures in Word and Thought. Uh, consisting of nothing but the word buffalo in noun, verb, and proper noun form, uh, how many instances are there of the word buffalo? And that's plus or minus one. Uh, again, uh, I had no idea here, so I went with my favorite number. I said four. Um, so I just said eight. Yeah, if I remember right, it's buffalo, 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 buffalo. So buffalo from buffalo, bully other buffalo from buffalo that they buffalo. Something like that. I don't know. I can't remember exactly how it works, but I said eight. So, and it, that is correct. It is eight. <laughs> eight. So, wow. um, the literal translation: uh, buffalo bison that other buffalo bison bully also bully buffalo bison. That's right. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Number three: trivial warfare. The War of the Stray Dog was one of the most bizarre conflicts of the 20th century. It began in 1925 when a Greek soldier was shot while attempting to retrieve his dog, but inadvertently crossed into what country whom Greece had been at odds with since the end of the Second Balkan War? Again, with zero here. Uh, had no idea. Um, just thought maybe Turkey. Um, I wasn't sure. Uh, just a country in the area that I know has been involved in a few different disputes. I said Albania. 
Um, I my gut said Macedonia, and I I can't remember any different. So uh, it is uh, actually Bulgaria. Mm. Bulgaria. All right, uh, number four. Complete the list. Uh, complete the list of the top five best-selling video games by volume of all time, as of uh, the Wikipedia page that I pulled it from last night. Uh, Tetris, blank, Grand Theft Auto Five, Wii Sports, and Player Unknown's Battleground. I thought it could be between one of the Call of Duties um, or another game like that, but I, I kind of remember Red Dead Redemption having a huge sale, so that's what I went with. Yeah, I wasn't sure because if you I'm not if you count in all the digital sales and the repackaging and reboots of the original Super Mario, I'm sure it's probably like far and away, but I don't think that that counts towards these original sales because otherwise other games would be up there too. Um, so I picked I, seeing GTA Five and PUBG made me think it's a more modern game. So I said Minecraft. That sounds like a real good answer. Um, although I'm pretty sure mine is still in the top ten, and I I did go with Super Mario Brothers. Uh, yeah, points to Matt. It is Minecraft. Yeah. That game is everywhere, but I'm not 12 years old, so I forgot about it. <laughs> I have no idea how to even boot that game up. But, uh, <laughs> it is. You can get it for your Xbox. So. All right, and the final uh, question is uh, triviality. In number theory, it is often important to find factors of an integer number n. Any number has four obvious factors, plus or minus one, and, or sorry, excuse me, positive or negative one, and positive or negative n. What is the term used to refer to these obvious factors? Uh, one more time, zero. Uh, if Superman has kryptonite, then I surely have number theory. Um, so to the power of the N, I just put, uh, to the power of Neil. So I have no idea. Oh, uh, yeah, this is something that I feel like I should know. I've taken calculus and I've, but it's been so long. And, uh, so I think it's something I just made up and I said implied factorials. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, I just decided I would make a reference to a game and I said factorio. Uh, they are, they are known as trivial factors. Oh, that. Um, Makes Ooh. so much sense. Who on us? So what? What are our final scores, Eric? I know they're not pretty. All right. Um, uh, at the end here, uh, Neil, your uh, your zeros down the line put you in second place in a tie with Matt uh, oh. at eighty points, but uh, Jeff uh, had ninety-one. Wow! Wow! So we didn't break a hundred, but we we did okay. We did okay. These well, are well. We'd be remiss if we didn't say that today's cream of the crop is Jeff. On balance, off balance doesn't matter. I'm better than you are. Yeah. Uh, how does it feel, Jeff? Um, it feels very lonely and isolated. <laughs> <laughs> so you can well, at least you have your victory to keep you warm. Yeah. Uh, yes, it's my uh, it's my uh, newspaper blanket. So there you go. <laughs> Eric, uh, these were great questions. I know we didn't get a lot of them right, but it was all things that uh, were holes in our knowledge. So it'll be great to kind of learn from today and, and uh, carry on. Yeah, thanks, guys. I, uh, um, they're ones that I've been kind of amassing as, uh, as we've gone along as things that we think are fun. Some of them are my wheelhouse stuff. Some of them are my trivia teammates' wheelhouse stuff. So, um yeah, hopefully I did, I did not intend for the scores to come out uh, below 100, but uh, I'm glad uh, you guys enjoyed them. Well, to be fair, if we played together, I think yeah, oh, teams yeah, would have... Yeah. We're really a trivia Voltron, and uh, separate we are not as well. So. 
Yes, we are not as good alone. That, I'm just that is like sure. the sad left leg. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, do you want to give a shout out to your trivia team at all? Uh, yeah, so uh, shout out to my trivia team. Uh, we have competed for a number of years uh, as the uh, C Fuego was our uh, trivia team name. We have chosen after the stench of, of Geek Bowl to rebrand ourselves as uh, fiscally conservative, socially juggalo. Um, so that's our new team name going forward. But <laughs> hello to uh, Quentin, Kristen, Bob, and Eric, uh, as well as whoever else joins us. Um, and uh, to, uh, yeah, um, my, as I mentioned, my, my trivia inspiration, Matt, uh, who's up in Portland now running Yelp, uh, he's the guy who kind of got me uh, really into this, going to his trivia every Tuesday. And uh, it's, it's built a lifetime uh, obsession with this. So it's been fun. Well, thank you very much for joining us today, and thank you to your uh, family for uh, giving you a little bit of time uh, to help us here. I, I know that uh, Mario Party awaits uh, when you're done with this, I'm sure. It does, and I, I appreciate the uh, ability to speak to someone over the age of eight for longer than five minutes, so it's been really fun, guys. Well, uh, yeah, thank you very much, and uh, giving giving us a few more days, uh, the language might uh, revert back to the age of eight and uh, some tantrums, but we'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for supporting us on Patreon. We really appreciate it. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll shout out uh, Quentin, Kristen, Bob, Eric, and Matt as well. Thank you for uh, for supporting Eric and uh, having him write this game. Um, for Ken, uh, who's doing that master class, let's hope that he has some sort of birdhouse at the end of this. Uh, Matt, Jeff, uh, and for Eric and myself, my name is Neil, and that was Triviality. I went to four stores yesterday, and I downed a half a roll of toilet paper. I'm getting nervous, you guys. <laughs>